Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Comedy Castle podcast. I am Joel Fragameni. Going to tell you what's going on this week here at the Comedy Castle. And uh, we are back after a Labor Day being closed for Arts, Beats, and Eats. And uh, we got a whole bunch of stuff to talk about here. So let's get into it. And then we're going to talk to Steve Hofstetter. We're going to tell you when Steve's here. You're going to like the Steve Hofstetter interview, I think. People were asking me, you're going to ask him this, you're going to ask him that. I asked him everything. We'll get into that in a second. But let's tell you, here on Wednesday, the 6th of September at 7.30 p.m., we've got the 101 Comedy Class Showcase. That's the beginner comedy class that any of you can take at the club and uh, learn how to do comedy, be funny, impress your friends and family. That's what the 101 Comedy Class is for. And that showcase, those people performing for their friends and family is uh, Wednesday the 6th at 7.30. Then we've got Ryan Kelly in on Thursday the 7th and Friday the 8th. We got a 7.30 p.m. show on Thursday and a 7.15 p.m. show on Friday. So no late show Friday. Uh, yeah, we're going to be back to late show Fridays in a little bit, but, uh, for this week, it is a single show. I talked to Ryan last week on the podcast. I really enjoyed talking to Ryan. What an impressive dude, a funny, smart, uh, uh, he, he's fighting cybercrime. <laughs> you got to listen to that interview. He, he's a he's a character, man. Right? I'm really looking forward to his shows. And then Saturday at 7 p.m. That's uh, September 9th. Kev Herrera is in for a single show at seven. I was told that the Kev Herrera tickets are very limited. So if you want to come see uh, him, come get your tickets at ComedyCastle.com right now. Get your tickets now because they're almost sold out. And uh, it's a single show. So if you want to come on Saturday to the Comedy Castle, 7 p.m., one show, Kev Herrera, limited tickets. And then we've got Steve Hofstetter, my interview for this week. He is at 7 p.m. on Sunday, September 10th. And for those of you that don't know Steve, (laughs) boy, uh, you got time. To figure out who you're going to learn a lot in this interview, but there is so much, uh, you know, in between his heckler uh, destroying heckler videos. And uh, we'll talk in this interview about uh, <laughs> he destroys an actress on Twitter and it's super funny. I saw that on his Instagram today. So Steve Hofstetter, for those of you who don't know, he's been around for a long time as a uh, headliner. He's got his start. Some of the, his earliest uh, club gigs were at Mark Ridley's Comedy Castle, and he'll tell you about that in the interview as well. He's gone on to make these viral videos about destroying hecklers. People speak up and they get put down, and they're really funny. And then he does a Q&A, too. I mean, that's the thing that a lot of uh, the interaction with his fans is at the end of the show when he does the Q&A, and he'll tell you about that in the interview. I ask him about that, and I do ask because people say, you know, I'm watching these heckler videos with Steve Hofstetter. Those people must be plants. That's what people say about Steve Hofstetter. And I ask the question, and I get an answer. Actually, if you heard me talk to Hypnotist Kevin the Pine a few weeks ago, <laughs> same question, pretty much same answer. So, uh, but Steve, uh, you know, he's such a smart guy. You'll hear that in the interview. He's going to tell you about, uh, you know, his early days. He's had some funny interactions 
knocking over drinks. <laughs> what happens when you have a road rage incident and the guy shows up at the show that you'll hear that story. And he's doing some real impressive stuff with uh, on the Pittsburgh comedy scene with helping comedians. And he'll talk to you about uh, about uh, his Steel City Arts Foundation. He's got a foundation. He's helping comedians. And boy, don't you know, comedians need help. <laughs> we need help, people, and Steve will help you. So uh, let's get into it. I don't have anything else to say. I think I've I think we've set it up nicely. It's good. The the unofficial start of fall. Big season for us here at the Comedy Castle. Lots of great upcoming acts, including year again. Three different headliners over the course of four nights here uh, coming up. But let's enjoy listening to Steve Hofstetter. All right. On the other end of my line, I've got Steve Hofstetter. Steve, how are you today? Doing well. How are you? I'm doing well. We got a big show this weekend with you on Sunday night at seven o'clock. Yeah, I'm excited about it. Castle is one of my favorite clubs. I've been playing it almost 20 years. 20 years. My goodness. Yeah. I uh, and you were this was one of the first places that you've ever headlined. Am I correct about that? Yeah. Yeah. Mark uh, took a chance on me early. It was one of the first clubs outside of New York that I ever played. Um, and then, you know, he let me work my way up to headliner and <laughs> it's, you know, it's something I, I appreciate. I have many fond memories of the castle, um, including when I, uh, had no choice, but to knock over a server's tray to get on stage. You did that. Oh my goodness. I, I had no <laughs> choice. It was awful. It was something where like I was on my way to the stage and the, there was a server who quickly turned around without <laughs> looking like I was right behind yeah. her and I was walking to the stage and basically the tray's about to hit me and I'm about to be covered in drinks as I'm going to the stage. <laughs> and in a split second decision, I had no choice but to like move the tray a little bit toward her. So she got covered. I didn't. Oh. And I was able to get on stage. I felt bad about it, but <laughs> you know, that's what happens when you turn around without looking. So yeah, well that, uh, that can happen. It's a it's yeah. a dirty business that comedy club thing. Yeah. <laughs> she was uh, she was very nice about it. She understood it. Oh my she even apologized, and I was like, "You don't have to apologize. You're the <laughs> one that got covered. That's penance enough." <laughs> well, I don't know when that was, but don't try that this weekend. I think our current surfers. <laughs> no, 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 no. I, I <laughs> will get a piece of their mind. I think I will hopefully never have to have that happen again. Uh, that was uh, that was many many years ago. Yeah, we got a great wait staff. I, I'm making yeah. jokes. About our oh, there was a, you know what there was another thing that happened at the castle that was that was very <laughs> fun for me and actually ended up in a in a video that went somewhat viral. Oh, okay. Um there was someone who you know I was driving to the castle, you know, there's no hotels nearby. So, you know, everyone is always put up, you know, 10, mm -hmm. 15 minutes away. And so I'm driving to the castle and I'm, you know, getting fairly close, and a guy cuts me off and then flips me off. Like, you know, just one of those yeah. just, um, situations where someone thinks they're the main character in the world. And then uh, my opener saw them in the bathroom at the club. Oh. Like the, the same guy, which was super fun. So I got <laughs> to talk about it on stage in front of the guy and yeah. just tell him, like, be a better person. Oh. So I have many, many fond memories of performing at the castle. Well, hope, hopefully we make some new memories this weekend. I mean, for those of you, the, I know a lot of people, you're a guy that comes up uh, when I tell people I do comedy, work at the club, the whole thing. 
Uh, a lot of people will bring up your name to me who maybe aren't, I wouldn't think, no comedy or, or that sophisticated about who's in it, but they say, I watch this guy who destroys the hecklers on YouTube, and it's great. What's that guy's name? And I go, that's Steve Hofstadter. Like, yeah, it is. That is him. So that's become sort of your brand, at least for the last, I, I can't tell you how many years you would know, but uh, I mean, uh, where did that all start? Where did, where did that all come from? Well, I, I refer to those videos as the gateway drug to my comedy <laughs> because they, you know, they certainly go viral and they get people's attention. Um, it's been interesting to see in the last, you know, year or two, tons of comedians have been putting yeah. up, you know, crowd work right. clips and heckler clips. And, you know, they finally realized what I realized 15 years ago, which is what a great way to put up a clip without burning material. Mm -hmm. And so... Uh, you know, early on when I didn't have a ton of material, I didn't want to waste it by posting it. Um, you know, I wanted people to come to shows not knowing what clips they were going to come see. And so when the heckler stuff started, it was just organic. It was just like, oh, you know, this was an outtake at a show. Let me post it. Yeah. It happened to be something I, you know, was good at slash leaned into. And, you know, then a reputation was born. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's I'm a big believer in people getting what they deserve. And so <laughs> I am very much not a fan of forced crowd work. And what I mean by forced is not on the comedian's part. I mean, on the audience's part, the idea of someone just leaning in the crowd and going, so what do you do? Because yeah. like that person might not want to participate. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, the crowd work that I do is either I'll ask an open-ended question so that anybody who answers it is someone who wants to play, or I will respond to something that they said first. Mm -hmm. Like I very much believe, you know, the audience's job is to be an audience. If they force participation on you, you know, don't feed the animals. You might get your hand bitten off. Yeah. Yeah. That's good advice. But uh, you know, one thing I have to ask too because mm -hmm. this, I told people I'm interviewing you, and they asked me to ask this. Now, I know the answer to this question, and you've yeah. essentially answered it already in your previous answer. But people say to me, those people in the audience must be plants. Steve plants those people because he wants these videos to go viral and get all this attention. Can you please at least address that? Although, like I said, I think I know the answer. Well, I mean, first of all, I'm so sorry that you have so many dumb people in your life that <laughs> are saying those things. Um, okay. So basically what they're saying is instead of being kind of quick on my feet, that I'm an excellent writer and actor, like that's what it would take to do those correctly. Yeah. Um, not only that, but the idea that there aren't drunk loudmouths at shows <laughs> like that I would need to recruit drunk loudmouths at shows. I mean, there are people like, look, when I see LeBron dunk, I don't say, Hey, that's impossible because I can't do that. Mm -hmm. I just go, Oh, he can do something I can't do. And so the people who think that any, you know, that a heckler is planted or anything like that, they just don't realize that some people are quicker than them. Yeah. And I'm not, you know, the lightest on my feet of comedians. There are other people who are much quicker than I am. I just happen to be good at letting someone enough rope to hang themselves and then responding. Mm -hmm. And so if, if people want to think that instead of being funny on my feet, I'm a great actor. Sure. I mean, I, I would advise <laughs> them to watch any movie I've been in and that might 
you know, <laughs> uh, change them of that opinion. Um, but you know, it's just something that like, look, comics come back quickly. That's part of our job. It's what we do. Yeah. Yeah. I, I tell them, I say, I think it'd be more work to have a plant. I, I think that's more work and would be less funny to have somebody in the audience. And it would be way how do you more make work. that work? You know, you're traveling See, around I, the country. <laughs> Yeah, the idea. I travel around the world. Yeah. I mean, I've been I've been heckled in probably a dozen different <laughs> countries over the course of my career. The idea that I'm flying someone with me to New Zealand, okay, sure. Or I'm or I'm finding a local actor in New Zealand who can pull it off. It is the dumbest like <laughs> think it through theory. And when non-comics you know say it, it's like, okay, you don't understand how any of this works. The same way that like some people think that comedians never do the same joke twice. Yeah. Um, you know, some people just don't get it. But whenever a comedian suggests it, I'm like, oh, my God, you <laughs> must be you must be really bad on your feet to not think that this is just organic. Yeah. Why? Well, uh, is there any difference around the world in heckling or is it pretty universal? Um, in the UK, it's kind of seen as a sport. Yeah. Um, you know, there are definitely people who go to the club with the purpose of heckling. Um, not, you know, I'm not saying they, you know, heckle me purposefully. I'm saying that, you know, these are punters, as they're called, who, uh, you know, who just want attention. And they think that, oh, going to a comedy show means I'm part of the show. And it doesn't. Um, and, you know, so so in the UK it can be a little more uh, abrasive. Um, but also in the UK, they, you know, there are more people who understand you're joking and that's the point of comedy. Mm, yeah. And so the rest of the crowd will be more on your side. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I find that if I do have a heckler in a place like New Zealand, which is, you know, a culture with tall poppy syndrome where people, you know, genuinely don't want to stand out. Mm -hmm. Um, that person is particularly awful because to want to stand out in a culture where, where people don't, you've got to be the worst. So it's, you know, but, but that said, I, I think it's just, you know, most common in the States and you deal with it when it happens. Yeah. Now dealing with it is a question that I'm asked a lot about. I teach comedy class at the comedy castle and my mm -hmm. students say, uh, how do you deal with the heckler that comes up? I mean, it's part of my lecture anyway. Now, every time I do it and I say, well, you look, you're a young comic. let the doorman let the security guy the host of the show uh handle that stuff and try to ignore it and not acknowledge it because it's just going to get worse obviously that's not a, a thing that you're doing at this point with all your experience so do you have any advice for a young comic aside yeah, from what i'm I, giving them yeah i don't i don't agree with you know i, I mean look if it's something minor you can steamroll it but mm -hmm. for the most part if you let someone get away with it, other people might try as well, mm -hmm. or that person's going to get worse. Mm -hmm. That's how I started addressing it, just yeah. because it was like, you know, I used to teach, and that's the that's the basic rule mm -hmm. of if you don't handle it, it's going to grow. Yeah. Um, now, how you handle it is completely different for each type of comic. Um, you know, there are some comics who are very affable on stage. That ain't me. So <laughs> I'm com I'm combative. Because that's my set. Um, if you are someone who is, you know, just kind of happy-go-lucky, likable on stage, well, then you should use that approach when it comes to a heckler. You should, you know, just kind of talk through what they're doing. Like, why are you doing this to me kind of thing? <laughs> Make them feel bad about it. Yeah. Um, I, I think that one of the keys is 
the audience has to hate the person more than you do Mm. because you know, it's like gladiator. You win the crowd, you win the day. Mm -hmm. Um, if you snap on them too quickly, you just seem unhinged. Yeah. Um, most of the time, if someone says something, it's not, you know, specifically you suck or something like that. I will usually give them one out where I'll say something like, I don't know what you said, but I'm sure it was stupid. And then Mm -hmm. I just move on. And that way, if they interrupt a second time, then they're really the aggressor and I'm allowed to kind of do whatever I want. So for, for a younger comic or, or a newer comic really, because you can start at any age. um, But for a newer comic, I think just understand, don't swing too hard too quickly. Mm -hmm. Um, However you respond, respond in your voice. Um, And remember angry, isn't funny. Mm. And so I have had a couple times where I've let my anger slip um, and those clips just aren't as good. Yeah. It is when someone is coming at you and swinging, the best move is to step aside and let them fall with their own weight. Yeah. Yeah. Let the be you be cool and let them be the angry person. Exactly. Let them freak uh. out, laugh about it, have a good time while it's happening. Um, and, you know, just understand it's all psychology. Yeah. It's, you know, it is something where there was there was a there was a show once where um, where someone was so awful. And I eventually told her that I hoped her husband left her and she died alone. And it got an applause break <laughs> because the because the crowd was like, what a nice man. I thought way uh, worse for her. Yeah. Wow. That's great. I mean, so let me ask you this then from my perspective, because one of my jobs at the comedy castle is to work the door security, stop people from heckling. When you are at the club, are the rules different? Is there a thing where you say, okay, I want the club to step in now. What's your threshold for that? Where, because sometimes for us, we see a comic working with the crowd. And even if the guy's rude, if the comic's talking to him, we don't generally step in because we go, well, the comic's handling this. Well, I handle it because I have to, not because yeah. I want to. Yeah. And so, you know, I get asked that question by clubs a lot because mm-hmm. of the videos. Yeah. And my answer is always, I am any other comic. Yeah. Um, if, you know, if someone interrupts, give them a warning. Yeah. And if they like, I don't want to be the one to throw someone out. That yeah. really, you know, takes a lot of wind out of the sails of the show. And so, you know, it's something where like, it's hard to throw someone out while I'm talking to mm-hmm. them. Yeah. But if they don't make an effort to get better, then they shouldn't be at the show. Um, You know, a lot of people say, like, the customer is always right. And I do think the customer is always right. And some people aren't customers. Some people are just assholes. (laughs) And, you know, the type of person who is like, well, I'm never coming back here. I'm like, yeah, cool. That's what I just said. So (laughs) go (laughs) go ruin some other form of entertainment. Um, You know, someone who is a bad audience member, I would rather there be an empty chair. Yeah. Do people come to your shows now expecting this or getting like they've been working on stuff at home and they're all fired up to (laughs) finally scream at you? Now, everyone wants to see it. No one wants to be it. Uh, You know, there's definitely times when it starts to happen that, you know, and I'll even say something like you do realize this entire room wants blood. Right. And, you know, just reminding them like back down, this is not going to go well for you. Um, There have only been two times, you know, I mean, I've had these heckler videos have been viral for 15 years and there's only been two times in all of that where someone has come to the club specifically to heckle 
um, both times. I mean, it's obvious, like people who are dumb enough to do that are not good actors. And, you know, like even if they plan on saying one thing, they don't understand, oh, that's about to be a conversation Mm -hmm. and they have no follow up. And so it's happened twice, both times. I didn't, it's not just that I didn't post the footage. I deleted the footage (laughs) because I didn't want, I don't want to be tempted later to post it um, because I don't care about the views. I will not let someone else get infamous by trying to ruin the good time of everyone else. Well, that's a good way to look at it. I mean, it's, uh, it's a thing that happens. So, so at your show this Mm -hmm. weekend, People should expect that inter. I mean, you do have a Q and A uh, portion, what I gather uh, from what you do. Uh, yeah. So there is a there is a window for the audience to at least talk to you. Yeah, my fans who want to participate do so during the Q and A. They know that I've yeah. been doing Q and A for over a decade. And it is something that, you know, a lot of people specifically look forward to. Uh, Some of them send in questions in advance on my Patreon. Like that's something that if people want to participate, they absolutely can. The set itself is, you know, a structured, it's, it's, you know, kind of hybrid stand up and one man showy. Um, So, you know, I mean, if someone interrupts that, it's usually because they have terrible opinions and, and, you know, were offended by something where I was talking about treating people equally, Um, you know, that, that can get under someone's skin depending on who they are. Um, The, you know, so I I mean, I get heckled maybe 5% of the time. Yeah, it is. It's pretty rare. My fans know not to do it. If anything, it's, it happens less these days because I don't perform to, you know, I I don't do weeks at clubs. I do special events and, you know, my weekends are usually at theaters. And so the people who are coming to see me know what they are getting for the most part. Mm -hmm. Every now and then you get some dummy who, you know, hit their entire Facebook profiles about doing your own research and then they don't bother <laughs> who they're coming to see. But for the most part, it's just, you know, my show is my show. And then the Q&A can get real zany and fun at the end. Um, and, you know, that's the way it works. Yeah. So you're not uh, you're relieved to not be playing to birthday parties and bachelorettes at this point. I will never understand why comedy clubs discount bachelorette parties. They're like, hey, you're going to ruin the show. Well, that's half price for you. Like bachelorette parties. And I also don't understand why bachelorette parties want to go to a comedy show. That is not a party atmosphere. Comedy shows are very fun, but they are passive entertainment. They are not active entertainment. You are not part of the show. If you're... Look, if your bachelorette party is full of a bunch of chill people who just want to be entertained, awesome. If you want to wear a bunch of penises on your head and, you know, and drink fluorescent drinks with strobe lights on them, we ain't the place. Yeah. Yeah. We we welcome the bachelorette parties, but we don't discount them. So. Well, appreciate that. And, you know, it's it's part of like I always want to keep my ticket price affordable, but I also don't want to make it a casual decision. Yeah. So, you know, my, I, I think that, you know, the cheapest my tickets are all year is 25 bucks. And the reason for that is I, you know, and obviously the good seats are more, but the, if someone wants to come to a show and they don't have a ton of money and they're a fan, I still want them there. Yeah. But if someone is like, what do we do? Oh, I don't care about this. Let's go to, let's go to this thing. I don't like, no, stay home. I'm, I'm not the act for you. Go see another comic the next week. Yeah. Yeah, I tell my students that. I said, when you're promoting a show, charge a cover. You let people in for free. You're going to get every nudnik in town. Yeah, and if you don't don't value your entertainment, why should someone else? Yeah. 
That's all great advice, man. I uh, now Michigan. I, as I was doing my research for this interview, uh, yeah. I think the first clip that comes up is Holland, Michigan. And <laughs> now, granted, that was in the pandemic and or just after it seemed like. And uh, but yeah, you're gonna have uh, even in in Royal Oak, Michigan, we still got those you know as you called it, Michigan people. Yeah, yeah, but- they're gonna be there. I mean, for the most part, they, you know, they don't come to my shows. Um, Holland was a special case where just there were a couple of people who were just drunk off their ass. and like, (laughs) you know, what do you what do you do with that? Um, But the and that was particularly tough because that was while I was doing a set about grief and loss and like my dad dying. Mm. And then, you know, people yelling out drunkenly during that. It just doesn't (laughs) fit the vibe. So like that, that's a hard one to get back to the material. Um, and, and there comes a certain point where I'm just like, you guys don't deserve a show. You do not know how to be an audience. You do not deserve this. Um, that was one that like among my friends, we laugh about that show often yeah. because it was just such a, oh, that, that was, it was such garbage. Um, but <laughs> it's a great I, clip. Know, people should watch the clip though. I am recommending that to people. It, it is. I mean, we, we made, you know, we made lemons out of it or we made yeah. lemonade out of it. Yeah. We, yeah. They made lemons, but the, um, but you know, like for, I mean, for Royal Oak, like I have, I've been, like I said, I've been performing there 20 years. I have been there. I think this will be my fourth time since like my stuff went, you know, to the point where I'm, you know, selling out special event stuff. And I have always had just such a wonderful time there. So if, you know, if someone is being stupid, there was (laughs) someone, there was someone stupid about, I think it was about a year ago that, uh, tried to do the whole like Biden sets gas prices thing, which was just so stupid. And I made fun of them. And I I said, gas, pr-, I was like, you don't know how market forces work. Gas prices will go back down. And all your stupid I did that stickers will be giving Biden credit for lowering gas prices. Mm-hmm. And I said in the set something like, you know, I give it three months and that's what it was because that's how it works. It gets more <laughs> expensive in the summer, gets less expensive in the winter. Always happens. So. Yeah, we get the we get a few there. Uh, again, maybe not for your show, maybe not the special event, but uh, you know, you come into our club uh, with with generally, you know, the comic that's a weekend. Again, your birthday party crowd, those kind of people. Um, yeah, you you can make fun of Biden and call him old, and that usually works, and that gets a laugh. And if you want to make fun of Trump's hair or something, that's usually good. But people that went people that went hard on Trump, some people got a got an earful, you know, at our yeah. club. It, and and look, it'll it'll happen. But if someone gets upset at me for the show that I advertised, yeah. you know, like, I mean, that's like getting upset at the at the Red Wings for not playing baseball. <laughs> like they're a hockey team. You yeah. went to go see a hockey game. Prepare to go see hockey. Yeah. A couple quick things. By the way, I'm recommending also everybody check out your Instagram. That Christy Swanson thing that you put up today uh, was a riot. I had no idea she felt that way. Oh, thank you. Yeah, she's a she's a dumb one. Um, It's yeah, it's it's so weird that the person who was only ever cast for her looks and never her acting ability turns out to be dumb. That's crazy. (laughs) This is the original for for just a little background for people. The original actress in the movie uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer was this lady, Christy Swanson, who was a big deal in the 80s and the 90s. And uh, she loves Trump, apparently. So, yeah, I mean, she. It's not just that she loves Trump. She's like 
obsessed. Yeah. And she, uh, I referred to her as first draft Buffy. <laughs> and uh, it is so funny because people still call her that in her timeline. Oh my goodness. Like you, you want to, you want to come at me? It's, you, you know, you, you might end up with a nickname. Oh God, that's great. So people should check that out. And then real quick before we go here, uh, Steel City Arts Foundation. I, I watched that video and, and found out more about that. I thought that was uh, really super cool. Thank you. It's, you know, for, for those who don't know, um, Steel City Arts Foundation is, I, I bought a church in uh, Pittsburgh, not just to take one off the market, <laughs> um, but to turn it into a live, work, play environment for stand-up comedians. Uh, they can use it completely for free. We have um, about 30 members, and we also have people who live on site. Uh, their rent is completely covered. They have access to mentorship and equipment and green screen and a podcast studio and a gym and all kinds of stuff. And, you know, just the idea is that stand-up is a really hard career. It's a very difficult life as well. And anything that, you know, we can do to help those that come after us, um, you know, I basically built something that I, I wish existed when I was coming up. And that's the, you know, that's the driving philosophy of it. Yeah, people should check that video out on your website there because it's uh, thank you. It's it's very it's a cool. I mean, if that was in Detroit, I'd be over there. You know, yeah, it's it's something a lot of people have asked me, like, are you going to expand this into other cities? And I was like, well, I, you know, I would love to. I don't have the resources to do that. Yeah. If other people want to do stuff like this, please do. I'm happy to talk to them about it. Happy to, you know, work together, et cetera. And it's something that like, you know, maybe in a decade or two. <laughs> you know, I'll have the resources and the funding to, you know, yeah. to build it in other cities. But, you know, I, I hope something like that happens in, in Detroit, especially since, you know, the real estate there is, you know, somewhat affordable as yeah. compared to a lot of other places in the country. Yeah, there's a lot of like like you said in that video, you know, there are the podcast studios and there are places, uh, you know, if you want to take comedy classes. We do it at the Comedy Castle. We have improv theaters that have education and all that, but not, nothing under one roof. You know, that performance space. You know, people be able to practice their craft. That's important stuff. And you're doing you're doing a good thing there. Thank you. I, re I really appreciate it. You know, the I mean, the general idea behind it is that, like, you don't always have to learn from your mistakes. You can also learn from the mistakes of others. Well, it's good stuff. Uh, looking forward to the show this weekend, Steve. And uh, thanks for talking to me. This is great. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me on. And um, I'm really excited to come back to where I love. The castle is truly one of my favorite places. All right. Steve Hofstetter, we'll see you this weekend, buddy. Thanks. Okay, man. Bye-bye. Bye. Well, I, there it is, guys. I mean, uh, guy knows his stuff. Very meticulous about this. You know, that's the thing about Steve. And, and I think some really good advice for comics about, you know, uh, the energy that you put out. You want the audience to hate the heckler more than you. That's all good advice. But staying cool and calm under pressure. It's a hard thing to do on the comedy stage. I know that myself. Uh, but the way he described it and the way he handles that stuff is really impressive. So get your tickets for Sunday night at 7 p.m. over on ComedyCastle.com. Come see Steve. It's one of his favorite places to play. So it'll be a it'll be a memorable night. So come on out for that again. Let's plug one more time the comedy classes at Mark Ridley's Comedy Castle. The beginners, they're graduating this week, actually, and next week, the 13th as well on Wednesday night. They've got showcases. If you want to be part of that class, if you want to be part of the advanced comedy class that I teach, I'm starting up September 16th. So that's a little over a week away. 
And uh, that class is filling up quickly. So call the club for the comedy classes at 248-542-9900, and they can sign you up. All right, let's get out of here. Thank you guys for listening. It's good to be back. Uh, We were closed last week, and now we're back. Huge lineup. Thanks again to Steve Hofstetter. Thanks to you guys for listening. We'll catch you next week. Bye-bye.